0: All right, listen up, spuds. This is Zach Brannigan, eh? master of time, space, and everything else in between. And, uh, oh, yeah, winner of this year's Modesty Award. Yeah. You're listening to You Suck. What's the Difference with Al and Tom? You're one stop for this sort of thing. Yeah. Wow, that's very loud noise to open the show with. Hey guys, how's it going? Welcome to um, What's the Difference podcast with me, Alex Whiteley.
1: And me, Tom Breville.
0: Uh And today, uh, it's very weird that we got Zap Brannigan open the show with the uh, subject matter that we're going to be talking about today. Um, <laughs> I'm going to let the guys introduce themselves, our guests, because I think they will definitely do it better than I will, because I'll butcher the fuck out of it and it won't make sense. So I'll hand over to Matthew. Um, Matthew, you can explain what we're doing today and who you guys are.
2: Okay, so um, I'm the organizer of the Battle of Shrewsbury event um, that's happening in July, uh, and we're also the Corbetts household as well, um, covering the history of Shropshire and all sorts, really, um, and yeah, going from there, really.
0: And we have Lee. Lee is, uh, if you guys are watching on YouTube, you'll see as the uh, the, the, the 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 Corbett household banners surrounding him with shields and flags <laughs> that's right yeah. yeah
3: yes that's right yeah so uh, my name is lee we are as matthew said we're portraying the corbett household uh we're covering the corbett's up from the battle of hastings up until the battle of bosworth so you're looking at 1066 to 15th century um and we're portraying them through time but we also Hopefully, in the future, we're going to go even past that further than that, because we've actually got an actual Corbett in our group at the moment, although it is quite a popular name, as you can imagine.
0: And we also have Tom. Hi, Tom. Hello. Um,
4: So I am mostly in charge of the Corbett's earlier stuff, about 1066 to roughly 1250. So at that time period, it's basically all border politics and keeping those nasty Welsh in check. (laughs) <laughs>
1: that's what I do it's needed it is <laughs> so what I what I gather from this is because I'm not in Shrewsbury so this is like me learning all about this for the first time I'm with everybody else so the Corbets, I take it are a prominent family in Shrewsbury or in the general area I'm ta- I'll take this yeah
4: so um the Corbets were given a bunch of land when they came over with William the Conqueror um, just around the Shropshire area. Um, well, Cause Castle in... Lee? Westbury. Westbury. Yes. Yeah. Um, Westbury. Uh, Hanwood was one of theirs as well, I think.
3: Yeah. So the way the group sort of started, because I live in a little village called Ponsbury, and next to that is Hanwood, so there's like little villages all around us. i um, was been doing reenactment for a few years now, and I was asked to do a, a reenactment show at hamward and i thought well, has hamward got any history so i started doing some digging and then found oh they're owned by the corbett so i thought oh this is pretty good did some more digging and then found that they actually the corbett had the castle um that was in cause well it was called cause castle should i say which is uh in uh, westbury bit of a ruin now not much of it left in fact there's none of it left it's more of a farmer's field now but then the more digging that we did the more we'd find out about them um and it just sort of escalated from there. Matthew was obviously doing the same, but he was doing the Corbett's from, like, the Battle of Bosworth and Tewkesbury, so you're looking at for 14th, 15th century. So what happened was me and Matthew then met, and we brought the Corbett's together, so now we're doing the Corbett's in time. Um, But, yeah, they're they're quite well-known, but it's not only just Shropshire, they're sort of all over the place. Matthew could probably go into more detail about that, because I know mainly more of the earlier period, so... I think it was Richard Corbett came with William the Conqueror as Tom said to the after the Battle of Hastings he after the Battle of Hastings was won he was then awarded some of the lands in Shropshire which where he built Cor's castle uh, and then I only found that Hamwood was part of the Corbetts because I found them in the Doomsday book so which was 1068 or no 1080 you have to tell me with that Tom mine's gone well,
4: well 10. Uh, 1086. 1086. Sorry,
3: yeah, yeah. yeah so 1086 is when they introduced Doomsday, um, and then obviously Hamwood was recorded in there, having a bit of, uh, having some, uh, <laughs> some sheep, I believe, and a few villagers and a few slaves. So we're hopefully this September, as long as COVID all doesn't, you know, stop us, we're going to do a show at Hamwood as well, and we're going to actually do it where it's going to be Doomsday, where we're going to try and go down to do some tax collection and then there's going to be some resilience from the local rebels who don't want the normans there which is how we are and then we're gonna have a bit of a fight and a bit of a display
1: what's the doomsday book it sounds like necronomicon ish that was that was interesting what's that
3: yeah so the doomsday was introduced by william and basically he wanted to know what what did people own in his land so he set out all well he produced uh, the barons and basically he wanted to it was the first sort of tax if you like and just an understanding of what everybody owned um, so all the local lords so he could tax it basically and 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 it was like the first sort of it was the first, one of the one of the first ways that they were trying to find out what was owned by certain lords basically and then he could make judgments then how many troops is one area have if he needed him for for example for a battle where cause being right on the border well part of wales as well it is now but it wasn't back then it's obviously nice to know how many troops you've got if you've got a, a few welsh invaders coming in <laughs>
1: So, yeah, yeah. we gotta be like, ah, oh, just take guesses. I don't know. Like, you need like twenty guys over there. That's all you need. And he's yeah. like, sir, it's a huge border. He'd be like, ah, eh, maybe thirty. I don't know. Yeah, yeah it makes sense. You'd keep a, a ledger of some sort to like, you know, hmm. keep in track of what you need where because obviously you can't be very well prepared. Um, what an interesting name for the book, though. I mean, like, you'd think that it would have been something that, uh, like, it was predictions of the future, being like, oh, it's the doomsday book. The bad things are happening. But he's like, no, this is actually like my tax write-off book. This is my census. <laughs> yeah. This is this is it. Everything else, goes in. I just call it the doomsday because it sounds pimp. No, 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 no. I, uh, I was, it's in the
0: book. I had eight sheep, not five. Eight sheep. How many do you see? I see oh, one, yeah. two, three, four, five. Where are my fucking sheep? Where are my yeah. sheep? I, I want my. Sheep. A, I see a doomsday
1: in your fucking future. <laughs> oh, all right, I get it. I get it. Definitely,
3: oh, it'd be interesting. Gosh. um Well, obviously, we'll never know, but I'd imagine, yeah, they probably had a lot more than what they said that they had when it comes back
1: yeah. to sheep and things. Yeah. people <laughs> do that all the time when they come back from like overseas right they're like how many gold necklaces did you buy i bought one yeah we well, got 15 <laughs> all those are all from back in the day you can't tax those now yeah. that's yeah. crazy i've already paid the tax like,
3: don't look in that barn we
1: don't <laughs> want to answer that <laughs> <laughs> right.
4: yeah just with the corbett's so um there was a new tax levied at some point in the 12th or 13th century and one of the Corbett's refused to pay it on the justification that, well, one of, none of my predecessors paid it, so why should I?
1: I don't see any flaw in that reasoning at all. I'm like, whoa, they fucking, <laughs> why do I have to pay for their mistakes? Thanks a lot. It's it's like when people uh, get taxed, like at like debt collectors come after the kids and stuff, you die with a bunch of credit card debt, or the magic money card, if I'm going to speak in the parlance um, of our friends here, um, they, uh, they'd be like, oh, well, your dad owed like $20,000. Well, why is that my responsibility? I didn't sign for that. So, Well, it's still your responsibility. Good day, sir.
0: Or, or it's like America going, we can bear arms. It was written on a piece of paper 400 years ago. Look, there you go. Oh,
1: hateful. You're just joking. <laughs> can have a gun, aren't you? That's just all I hear out of your mouth right now is that Tom's got a bunch of guns. I got no guns. It seems unfair. That's all it sounds like.
3: Well, um, f- funny you mentioned the, the old laws. There's still a law in place now where in Shrewsbury, we've got the Welsh Bridge and I believe it's still law now if a Welshman... Um, if a Welshman goes over the bridge on horseback, you're allowed to shoot him with a bow and arrow. (laughs) Yeah. I believe that's still going now. It's not been Yeah, it's the uh,
2: the same in Chester as well.
0: Oh is it? Yeah, 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 I
2: remember Um, that. that. Is it every other Saturday you're allowed to get a Welshman?
0: Wow, <laughs> that makes sense. I I grew up in Wrexham, so um, that's, <laughs> why, that's why that's for you. That's what. That's why in Wrexham they fucking hate Chester. Like every time we go there, we get shot. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Tom is responsible, by the way, for one of the best photos I've ever taken for a podcast ever. I'm going to show you now, Bruno. <laughs> This picture is glorious.
3: (laughs) Nice. I would like to remain anonymous.
4: (laughs) i like to... um, Anyone familiar with the sort of crusade history will understand why I caption this, and that's when we just decided to
0: sack Constantinople instead. (laughs) I laugh as if I know what you're talking about. That's great. I love that. Um, (laughs) So uh, for the guys that are listening to this and not watching this on YouTube, Tom's wearing... um, beautiful steel helmet with um, a gold crest across the it's imagine what the the black Knight wears in uh, Monty Python not to yeah. uh, not to downplay what you're doing there Tom uh, and he's carrying a shield as well let's talk people through what you're actually wearing there though Tom what is this uh, explain yeah. it for us
4: so uh, I have some handy props uh, Ooh. so first thing that I'll have on my head is this it's just a little um, linen coif. Coif in the period generally refers to anything worn on the head. Yes. So yeah, that protects that my head from my male coif. Uh, I won't put it all on now because it's loud and um, my girlfriend's trying yeah. to sleep. Um, but yeah, that goes well. Actually, first up is this. So oh. put that on. <laughs> this is a. Um, I, love that. I know. So... Uh, cavalier Savelier basically translates to secret helm <laughs> so that's worn underneath the coif so coif goes over that and then oh, on top of all of that I've got this which is my great helm uh, great helms come in during the mid 13th century um, I'm pretty
1: pretty swish so like that I <laughs> oh, yeah. love now, that helm that looks very heavy. What's that weigh? Oh, gosh. Uh,
4: I don't have an
1: exact weight, but I can tell you it, it can get quite uncomfortable. Like um, like a jug of milk, maybe, or something along those lines? Maybe like eight pounds, six pounds, five pounds? I mean, that's right. I'm speaking English. Um, I'm speaking that dirty English again. My bad. Um, <laughs> it's lots of stones. It, it weighs many a stones. I don't know. Normally,
3: when you're in full armor, it, it can be anything from sort of four to six stones extra on your body
1: like, um, so. a lot of work yeah. and, and by the way I, I really gotta throw this out there I've, I've spoken to some reenactors before we've had um we've had uh war reenactors you know from world war ii and things along those lines on here. and you guys are extremely well versed in the history that you guys are representing i gotta say because most people you're like oh well, what do you know about this Well. They kicked ass, and you're like, "Oh, that's that's great!" Like, what well, that doesn't teach me anything. But all all of you gentlemen are very well versed. Does that kind of come with the territory, or is that something uh, that you guys have such a passion for it that you uh, you wanted to learn about it as well as per, uh, participate?
3: Yeah, um, I would say I was very much like that when I first started, <laughs> and then you learn as you go along. Because when I first started, mm-hmm. I just want to fight in armor, oh, man. Give me a sword, give me a spear. Mm-hmm. I want to fight, and then. Mm-hmm. afterwards you're like oh okay that's quite interesting and yeah and then you put your own twist on it and yeah and um but yeah that's certainly how i've been But i've been doing it 20 years obviously picking up things as i go along Uh, but it is like as you get older you do get a bit well i have got a bit more interested and uh you do your your research and well this is how it's all come about really just just by doing your own research for the local area finding out what's going on
0: Um, uh, so these pictures that I got, by the way, I'm going to share a couple of these. So there's Timmy and me posing <laughs> with um, uh, a gentleman from the I believe it's the the, the Coventry uh, Reenactment Society. That's of a different period. Uh, and there he is again uh, inside yeah, so, the St. Mary's Church. Go so on. he's
2: mid 15th century. So most of his stuff is for like the Battle of Chooksbury uh, and the Battle of Bosworth. So um, it goes a bit more fancy, like you've got like more Gothic style coming in. Um, and like on his body, he's got um, a brigadine, uh, which is basically lots of little plates that um, that all get attached to the mail, uh, to the um, material. And yeah. it's it's quite light, but it's still like st- uh, what six stone in weight with the legs and the helm. Yeah. So yeah.
1: I noticed there's not much protecting ye olde junk in these pictures. They just, they, what's the deal? They're like, well, castradas yeah. are a thing, so clearly so we they- can just let their, let any danger go right <laughs> here and just, you know, pay attention to the parts that will kill you. <laughs> I don't know if I'd want to live if I got castrated <laughs> in battle. So I feel like they really just, you know, armoured the wrong plates. I'm just, I'm just putting it out there. Yeah. Um,
2: you did have um, tacits, which are metal bits that normally hang down, so you see that on, like, actual metal armour. Oh, okay. um, and also, you had um, chainmail skirts as well, yeah. uh, which protect stuff. But like, uh, yeah, um, but- like going earlier with that, so Agincourt, so just after the Battle of Shrewsbury, fourteen fifteen. Um, well, uh, you had archers that were basically wearing their underwear. They were yeah. shitting themselves that much. They would not wear the foot like hose. So <laughs> oh, wow. yeah. And between your Um, legs is quite open as
3: well. And like a lot of um, of the armors, they'd actually call them bollock daggers. If you Google bollock daggers, (laughs) you'll see it because you've got a dagger and it's got a shape of bollocks on the end. And literally, (laughs) as we say with our late period weapons, uh, they've got hooks on them. And you can hook – what you do is you'd hook the back of the shin, pull them up, and as they fall back, and then you'd stab them as they go down. And if they're on their back, their legs are in the air, you pull out your bollock dagger, which is where it came from, and you just stab them between the legs – next person oh. between the legs because that would be the less armored point as you rightly say mm. as you rightly say, so you've only got the okay. mail but as soon as okay. you're on your back thank you
2: you're dead yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's a bit like this sort of thing there you <laughs> yeah and the blades are really thin so then <laughs> it can go into yeah there we go oh. it's a bit slightly different design this one and it's very narrow blade so then when they've got the helm on and the visor, it could actually go straight through into the back of
1: the head. Yeah, uh, I'm not sure if this is a hot take or not, but war is not nice, huh? <laughs> yeah.
2: no. I... also stuff like that. Yeah. Oh, let me, let me my new top, <laughs> Look at the shine on it. Yeah. <laughs>
0: wow. That looks brutal.
2: Then, that yeah, it's, bad. All those are sharp. So that's for like crushing, and then that's for piercing. Now, is that, a, is that armor. a is that a is
1: that a Warhammer at that point? Yeah. Or what is it? Okay. And yeah, so, so you had like the short ones. Mm-hmm.
2: Which, and then you had them the same height as yourself. Yeah. So
0: it all depends on what sort of thing you had. Um and how, d- because- how do you got sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Carry on, Matthew. I is will lost right? my question. Yeah. Um I was going to say, how do you guys get... I mean, obviously, you're responsible in what you're doing, but Mm. I I need to explain to the the US listeners that uh, just carrying a knife in the UK can get you up to a 12-month sentence in prison. Mm. Um, So how do you guys get around with carrying... It's okay, guys. I'm a historian. It's absolutely (laughs) fine. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, basically, basically, you have to
2: be part of a a group and uh, have insurance and things like that to prove it as well. But Mm. most
3: of our items are blunt as well.
2: Yeah, just
1: no,
3: like, showing
0: off, Look, like... <laughs> well, Mister Officer. it won't even pierce your stabby vest. Look, uh... <laughs> <knock> out, <laughs> <doesn't
1: it? laughs> now let me show you my bollocks dagger, really quick. <laughs> yeah. Really going.
0: Um, The reason why I, I pulled up those pictures from um, from St Mary's, by the way, about this this gentleman, it wasn't to change the subject, but I met I met Tom. Um, who is a teacher, and I had a really good conversation with him. And if you guys listen to the Shrewsbury biscuit, yeah. any of you guys, um, there was a really good conversation I had with him about history in schools in the UK. Mm. And I was absolutely perplexed at the idea that children in schools don't even know what World War II is. Yeah, yeah. And I asked Tom, who is a history teacher, and he's like, "Yeah, that, yeah, that's true, absolutely true." Mm. Um, so the reason why I'm so invested in you guys and what you guys are doing is to show people that it's really important to learn about our history yeah uh and mm-hmm. i'd say your your uh, your history too bruno but you're a heathen italian so wow I mean,
1: uh, <laughs> wow <laughs> i mean am i wrong am i wrong I, i'm a month thank you very much french canadian italian i got all sorts <laughs> no, of things God. german i got a lot of things going on. i'm complex <laughs> alex i'm complex <laughs> I, I
4: took um, GCSE history, and I'm not that old, so it was relatively recent. Yeah. Um, I, I learnt more about the Vietnam War than anything else, so I probably know more about American history yeah, than I do right. outside it's of medieval a- than I do about UK history, which is yeah. shameful, it, quite frankly. It's
1: it is a shame. I mean, we
4: don't learn much,
3: do we, about medieval history. I, certainly, mm. I didn't. Um, it was all it was all World War Two, maybe if I can remember that far back, but that was it. We never did further, although I do remember my history teacher telling me something about some king being murdered by putting a hot poker up his bum. So I can't remember how <laughs> long that, that was. Do you remember that was um,
2: Edward, wasn't it?
3: Was it Edward?
2: Yeah, in and, one of the
1: stories from Barclay Castle.
3: That's it, yeah, so I remember that.
1: That's that's weird to me because like um not the hot poker thing that makes a lot of sense, but like the rest <laughs> of it where you guys only learned about like certain things because over here um <clears throat> in the US, like we learned a lot about medieval times. Um we learned we like even built like little trebuchets and everything. Like we did a whole thing, build up mm-hmm. castles It was a mm-hmm. good time. I love that. There was only a couple of things that I paid a lot of attention to in history class, which was like ancient Egypt, medieval times. That's when all the cool shit happened. Nothing cool happens nowadays, you know? <laughs>
4: <laughs> well, um, 'Cause my girlfriend is a primary um TA. Um so yeah, they do they do a do bit of medieval history, but it's they can only they're only really allowed to do a term of it. So a few few couple of months, three months of medieval history, then they have to move on to other stuff. Then yeah. obviously medieval history, depending on who you ask, is about a thousand years between five hundred and fifteen hundred. So that's a lot to cram in to yeah. to
1: a few months.
0: So go and watch Braveheart, kids. Go and yes. watch. Yes. It. Just, like, do not watch Braveheart. <laughs> no, we, not.
3: No. <laughs> no.
1: Mel Gibson is my hero. He just goes oh, out and he fights all him. the English. He's he just like this, I. He absolutely, I... hated
3: the Patriot after that. And he yes, he did. This. Yes, <laughs> he did. Mel Gibson's all over history.
1: You can learn oh. everything. He did Apocalypto. He did that Jesus movie. If you want to learn stuff, kids, learn from Mel Gibson. Yeah.
3: It's only the Americans that like us English, the Welsh (laughs) ate us, the Scottish ate us, the Irish ate us. The Americans
4: Americans (laughs) only like us because they technically won.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah! Oh yeah! Totally! Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely! And then we always in yeah. yeah. our back pocket. We're like, "Plus, we we helped with World War II. Remember that, guys? You remember that? You're Like, yes, yeah. God, I mean, best like, World yeah. War yeah. II. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, when when Tom was saying he learned about the Vietnam War, I was going to say, "Did you learn about how quickly a helicopter s- float sinks to the bottom of the ocean? Because that's what I remember from Vietnam is wow. them kicking <laughs> helicopters off boats so they go quicker. Wow. Get the fuck out of here!" <laughs> 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 um uh, so uh when it comes to what you guys do obviously you guys try to be as historically accurate as pop- possible matthew when you're watching movies yeah. now is this ruined for you is is like things like uh like you said braveheart things like do you just yeah. constantly spot these inaccuracies everywhere definitely um
2: i am a proper stitch nazi um, as quite a few people calling. Um, <laughs> I, that, any Cause, cause I it from, um, well, Because from medieval all the way up to the Cold War uh, for, re- for reenactment. Uh, I'm always researching, got loads of uniforms, qu- uh, equipment, all sorts of stuff. So, yeah. As soon as you see something wrong in a film, that's it. The it's like the King by biking. Netflix.
3: Oh, yeah, sorry, carry on. Go on.
2: Yeah, the King by Netflix. Uh, the do the battle of shrewsbury it's two people fighting it was fourteen thousand people on either side
0: ah uh, right it's okay. just like yeah this is this gets to an interesting point for me because i read every single um episode uh edition of sharp i was a big fan yeah. of bernard Cornwell's work sharp for me those books you're talking about bruno how how war was not nice Bernard Cornwell does an amazing job with this depicting war and what it actually felt like. You can almost smell the blood coming through the pages. It's brilliant, right? So then I went, oh, okay, well, watch the Sean Bean sharp. Let's see what they're about. Battle of Waterloo. There's about twenty four drunken people kind of like yeah, king, king, king. I'm thinking there's a hundred thousand people fighting on this field, and there's like thirty two guys just lazily waving swords at each other and shooting people. It's just nuts. Yeah. <laughs> it's Brilliant. like
3: Vikings does it for me because they're all yeah. wearing leather and it's just like you didn't wear leather <laughs>
4: right, I mean yeah. bondage gear let's give it its real name
3: yes yeah, so <laughs> bondage <laughs> <laughs> so why is nobody wearing a helmet
2: you've been watching it
3: yeah definitely <laughs> I think
2: <laughs> and it's um, a lot
3: of like well, why is nobody wearing a helmet and it's just like you would have wore a helmet And it's like they just want to be Hollywood and run in and go yeah look at me
0: hmm <laughs> Yeah, it's all about the imagery, isn't it? And like, yeah. there's two. There's two. Like, there's The Last Kingdom on Netflix, and there's Vikings. Which mm. have you have you guys seen both of them? Uh, can you compare? The them to Last Kingdom you know?
3: was alright. Yeah, I watched. Didn't watch all of it. I watched the first couple, but I didn't. I, it was a long time ago. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Tom's probably watched them all. these
4: <laughs> I mean, I'm not too up to date on the actual kind of historical plot points, but the costuming and armor is about as as bad as you can get. But well, I mean, some of them are wearing mail, so I, I'll give them that. <laughs> that but...
0: guy's got a fucking eye watch. What's his
4: Oh At least they don't have a Starbucks
0: cup on the table in the middle. Of... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Game, Game of Thrones shout out there. Um, so when it comes to you, what you guys are doing, um, you're talking about Matthew being a, a bit of a, a stitch Nazi, as you put it. Uh, when you are doing these battles in front of hundreds of people, do sometimes you get, I don't know, let's call them History Karens that come mm-hmm. up to you like, um, I appreciate the effort, guys. Um, but this is wrong, this is wrong, and this is wrong.
2: Depends which event that's the problem. Yeah. Because most of them you can't do correct because you haven't got the amount of people, you haven't got, there's not enough stuff for the whole thing. It's like, say, World War Two reenactment. If you were doing a D-Day associated thing, you can't do 100% tra- a 100% portrayal of it. Because you can't show the blood, the death, all that side. It's literally cowboys and Indians uh, firing guns at each other for half an hour. Uh, at least for like medieval and stuff, you are doing like full-on hits in armor, and you can do it properly. But you still haven't got the amount of people. Um, but, yeah, but a lot of the battles and things uh, they're well documented. So you can go through like the tactics and things like that and demonstrate that side, but you just on a well couple of acres rather than a couple of I don't know hectares. Uh, it's a um, a big difference, really.
0: Um. Um. And Lee and Tom, uh, when I spoke to you, uh, Bruno can hear us, by the way. He's got his his headphones on. He's just, he likes to pot around. But uh, Lee and Tom, (laughs) I I spoke to you outside St. Mary's and I asked you about uh, the dialect that they used and the swear words and the the, the, the banter they would use. Has that taken some learning on how to to sound uh, like they did back then?
4: Um, Well, the kind of, the language of the nobility was Norman French. So, I mean, you you can not start to talk like this and do all of the, oh, no, no, no. Oh, 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 baguette. But, um, you know, sometimes for some reason it can come off as a bit, um, mocking.
0: Yeah. Sorry so, uh, to any Canadian listeners that are listening yeah. right now. We are very sorry for that.
4: <laughs> sorry, terrible, terrible of me. I know I could be arrested. I'm sure. um, <laughs> But no, so you kind of, you do sort of just need to make a choice of, are we going to try and sound French or are we just yeah. going to say sod it? Let's do it in our natural, natural voices. Yeah,
3: in, well, in groups have been in the past, which what we're going to do once we've got a big unit, like we'll have battle commands. So if there's like a group of spears, we'd say Andre les arms, which means everybody raises their spear. And then you would say, um, no, sorry. Addo Bay was. Oh, it's been a while, it? it. Bay would raise your spear, and it'd be Andre in arms, and then everyone would drop their spear at the same time and go. Mm-hmm. So you'd have like certain mm-hmm. things like that, but yeah, mm-hmm. it's um, mm-hmm. it's it's knowing when and when not to do it. I would say, yeah, <laughs>
0: that's also, what they say in the movies. It's not Andre. It's Andre.
4: Yeah, okay.
0: that's it. <laughs> and also, um, you kind of
4: a lot of well, older ho- older movies now they don't do it so much in the new ones, but there's a lot of like. These and thous and verily's and stuff, and that—that's very much sort of um, a Shakespearey sort of language, which just wasn't in use in the time periods that it's generally depicted as. That's generally going away now, which is which is nice. But you do still get some people who like to kind of prance around going, "Verily, thine maid."
0: and
3: then we always think quat you You just think oh okay yeah we're not like that (laughs) we're a bit cooler I, um,
0: yes, we're we, the cool nerds. <laughs> yeah, we're the cool nerds. <laughs> I've um, <laughs> I've been leaving it for a while because uh, last time I spoke to him, he was very badly injured. But Chris Round from Uppercut Fight Company, um, he does the the night stuff at um, Warwick Castle um, mm. and uh, Uppercut Fight Company. Uh, Dean from there has been in Vikings. He's but he's be they they're choreographers, right? And mm. he was like, "I'm very sorry, I can't come on the show. I kind of fractured my skull." Uh, and I was like, uh, uh, "Okay, uh, obviously some choreography gone wrong." Have mm-hmm. you guys ever had any accidents that could have been serious?
3: Uh, a few. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
4: Um,
0: it depends. Like it
4: depends, which group you're in. I've been in a group where I mean, I've nearly had my eye stabbed out. That wasn't. That wasn't fun. Um, it's, it just yeah. depends on which kind of fighting style you're using and how regularly you train. Regular training is the big one when it comes to safety, really.
3: Yeah, we've tried to be different because most reenactment groups, certainly round here in England, um, it's a, uh, a hit system, so you take a hit, you're only allowed to hit certain parts, but if you take that hit, you've been damaged and you can have, say, three hits, for instance, But then you find (laughs) a few people get a bit competitive, Mm. (laughs) as you can imagine. So they're not going soft anymore. And you're basically having a full-on fight, but trying to hit you somewhere else, which can be fun sometimes, but that's when the accidents (laughs) do Mm. happen. Um, I've lost a few nails. That's probably the biggest one for me. Nearly had my eye out a few times.
0: No, 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 no! This is not the eye stabber. This is yeah. the bollock stabber. What are you doing? <laughs> he's
3: supposed to be hitting me in the belly. Why have you just swung at my head, type thing? And then you do get a few nutters as well on some of the big battles as well. Who just, oh, who the hell's this guy? And he's like eight foot, and he's just charged into you, and you
0: thinking,
1: fucking hell, he's big. And, uh, it's Mel Gibson. Run! Uh, yeah, <laughs>
0: he's back. The mountain. <laughs> um, I remember
3: being at the Battle of Tewkesbury. Uh, and I looked, and there was two guys in full armour, and the one was just pushing his mate like this, pushing him forward, and I thought, I'm fucking having him. So I ran in, and I shoulder barged him, and I didn't even budge him, and I just went, ooh. And he literally picked me up by one hand and just threw me into the block, and just, just shouted, kill him. And I just went, Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> Basically got my ass kicked, and then they threw me back, and then I was like, that was fun, let's try again. But yeah, try to keep my head down this time. But you do find... More of the accidents do tend to be in the earlier period because you've got different hits. You can go for the shoulders, the legs, the stomach. Where well, the later period, because everything's just so big and bulky, and uh, it's just uh, you're hitting the belly and you know try and knock them over with your shoulder. So it's a now, bit more controlled.
1: Wearing uh, helms and stuff, I'd imagine that it must be kind of hard to be able to like see fully to get a full depth in where you're swinging. So I'm guessing a lot of these accidents are just you know you know distinctly that accidents. Yeah, yeah, I'm,
4: I'm sure. Like, you know, no one really sets out to be malicious. It is just yeah. some people get a bit over enthusiastic, mm-hmm. some people just kind of, yeah, slip. Um, couple, like a couple of times, there's people who uh, are using weapons that are um quite new to them, so that can be a bit, bit dangerous. <laughs> but no, it's not. Yeah, it's it's very rarely ever on purpose. Yeah. I can just yeah. imagine my mum on the
0: sidelines going, it's going to end in tears. It's going to end in tears.
3: <laughs> it's like why women live longer. And a yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I, I, I do have a video uh, to play you guys. It's the, the famous video that got like thousands of views when I've posted it. Uh, you, won't be out, you won't be able to talk while it's playing because it'll just drown you guys out. But afterwards, maybe Matthew, you can tell me what's going on. As the guy's organizing yeah. this, I know it's uh, Lee Yu fighting. Uh, we, well, we'll just watch it first. There we go.
1: Three. One.
0: Two. Two. One.
1: all right brilliant well Well done. done I, I call bullshit though, because like he, you need him first, and that obviously was like the good hit. And then he comes at you with a sword? That's not called for. What a dick! <laughs> oh, no. uh, Chivalry is dead. Chivalry. It really is. Really is. Where's the Where's the gracious knee back? It's like aha, I need you back, sir. I am the victor. And so he's like, I got to fucking. So I'm gonna stab you. And you're like, all right.
3: Jeez. There's uh, two brothers sparring. That is so just teaching mm. him a little lesson. Um,
1: well, it was good. It was really good, we- man
3: obviously I mean that was our first practice for quite a while um, so I'd like to say we do a lot better than that um, mm. yeah, I thought it was great first practice for a while that is I could probably
4: shout the numbers out. a little quieter <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: I, I, I don't know what you were saying I thought you was just like talking smack like for all I know you're like oh yeah take that yeah, yeah. you like, yes, that. oh, that, yeah. that's exactly that's what, exactly was what it was yeah. 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 forget I
4: said that I think yeah, you know, so we're so, trying to
3: make, trying yeah.
4: make our style
3: a little different to others where, like we said before, you take the hits where we're looking more of a let's make it for the public, let's make it a bit ho- Hollywood, let's uh, yeah. give them what they want to see. So mm. we do a point system or a number system. So bit like, as we said, professional wrestling if you like, so whisper, we'll try and whisper if we can, so four, so we know if I say four, he knows big four big attacks are coming and I'll try and be dramatic so he can see them coming in do you know what I mean, so again it's all about making it posh for the for the public but the dream is to have like you know 20 or 30 of you doing the same thing so what <laughs> doing reenactment for so long it's so you know it can be quite crap and boring because everyone's trying to hit each other and then for like 20 minutes everyone's sort of stood there like this going Ooh, I don't want to go in because I don't want to get hit Where if you're doing a system like we're doing and you've got say 20 or 30 of you doing it the crowd will just be like what the fuck am I going to watch do you know what I mean? so it's going to be a lot better a lot better until, yeah. until
0: Matthew comes wading in with his war hammer no Yes. <laughs> yeah,
4: yeah, <laughs> <run>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah where, so Like when you watch fight scenes on things like Game of Thrones, if you look at the background mm-hmm. characters, like the people just fighting in the back, none of them are actually moving that quickly, but it looks impressive because you've got lots mm-hmm. of people who are properly going at it. Like, so it might not be the most authentic fighting in the world, but really, if nobody's dying, it's not. Not particularly authentic anyway, really. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, like, it's, it's all make-believe. It's all, you know, but the fact that you're putting such, like, you know, technical skill behind it really speaks for it because it's like you're actually watching a fight. Now, yeah, would it be a little bit more dramatic if somebody ran and just started swinging their fucking sword around? Probably, but then they wouldn't have any idea of what real sword play was like. They'd be like, oh, that's how you run up and kill a guy with an axe or whatever. You know, it, it's not, mm-hmm. you don't learn anything from it.
3: we do like basic system where we we say one two three four so just to get you used to holding the sword and blocking and hitting and it's just shoulder shoulder Mm. side side leg leg and then that person will do it back to you you'll do it to them and then you generally get quicker and quicker and quicker and quicker so it just becomes natural and then if the public are looking in they're just like whoa what the hell because you're going that quick and then you just add if you know an elbow in and again or you get to know your partner you see and yeah it's building it Um, just on
4: the um the kind of hits to here and here and here and stuff if you look at um saber manuals for example um they kind of show that every cut in sword fighting is going to come from either there 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 or there yes that's that's it that's all you really need to learn to hit with or defend against because the one the old
1: The one thing I remember from, um, uh, what was that, Modern Weapons? No, no, no. It was that show on Spike TV where they'd have like different uh, fighters from different, like you know, ye- years Heroes. come and fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't remember what the hell it was. Anyways, uh, the thing they always talked about was that the weapons, the um, the swords that you guys are using, is a is a is a cutting weapon, whereas something like uh, kat- uh, Japanese katana is more of a slashing weapon. And I knocked my cup over. That was what that was. I didn't I didn't die or anything. Anyways, um, so that's what I remember about a sword play from my history lesson, which is Spike TV. Back to you, Alex.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, no, uh, what No, I was gonna say. I was going to say something until the Tom put me on the spot. Um, <laughs> uh, does that. Yeah, he does that. He does it quite a lot. He does it quite a lot. Um, I so I, I, I was going to say to you guys when I when I spoke to you, I said to you uh, what kind of weapons you guys actually use because in Game of Thrones we had that wobbly sword scandal that was going on for a bit there. Uh, but I, I saw your guys' weaponry. Uh, this is going to look like a, sound like a uh, you know naughty thing I was, to say. Check it out, you your guys, from across the way. And you were like, where I mean, Lee showed me his weapon. It was hard. It was dangerous. It was oh, very impressive. Yes. Um, oh, I
1: know. Right?
0: <laughs> oh, wait. Uh, I, does, do any of you guys have a sword to, sh- to show us now? <laughs> <Just> to, <laughs> Be, careful. Be careful! All right, guys,
1: whip them out with all the swords. Let's check them out. Come on. I
0: got two here.
1: We'll hold them up, Lee. Oh wow, he did he he before. Yeah, we'll
3: with uh, Game of Thrones.
1: Yeah. So it looks this- like- that looks like yeah. a sword from uh, the Lord of the Rings. What's his face there, uh, Alex? What's that stuff? Was that guy the so king John guy? Snow. John Snow. No. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, John Snow. Good old John Snow from Lord of the Rings. I remember that. No, so this was
3: made off um, Gandalf's sword from Lord of the Rings, which was glamorous. Bam.
1: But got however, it.
3: what I did is I got it altered, so it was more, so it was more authentic. Um, what you need to do is, if you ever get time, is to Google. Um, is it the Oaken... I had it in my head then, and it's gone. Oak shot. That's it, the oak shot guide. And that's every historical sword going. And luckily, I found it. Now, ideally, this is 14th century, and this um, hilt and this pommel, they were around in the 14th century. However, there's only one that I've found that is together. So I can say, yes, it's authentic, so I can use it to shows. Um, But, yeah, so this is another armor class, custom-made um, and I got my scabbard as well, but this is a hand and a half or two hander, if you like, we want to call it. So, this is what I would use for the later period if I'm brave enough to use it. But, my main baby is this one, um, which is my normal sword, which is one handed, yeah. which again, yeah. armor class.
1: You ever you ever take that to like I mean I I'm I'm sorry this is a very silly question from a guy that does not do these type of things because you know obviously these things cost money and you know you don't want to break it but you ever take it to like a block of wood and just be like let's see how badass I am?
3: Well, funny you say because I have hit the shit out of this over the years, um, and it is still like flawless, um, which is why this this is why. I love these swords, again, they're made from a company called Armour Class, which they hand-forged in Scotland, made how they were back then, but obviously that they're blunt. Um, but they just... Again, I fought other people with this who haven't had an armor class sword, who've paid a bit less, let's say, for their sword, and I have basically broken their sword, and yet mine's <laughs> not even damaged. So we used to have a little joke when me and my mate Chris, when we were younger, we used to say that this was Elven Blade because it was like Elven Steel <laughs> when we were younger when we first started, because we would literally just break other people's swords. However, they are quite solid. When you look at Tom's, you mentioned bendy swords. Bendy swords was actually a good thing because it meant that they didn't shatter. They didn't break as easy. And there's a famous sword. I can't remember what it's called, but it was in the Viking time called the the oak brig or oak something. And it was a famous sword that only very rare people got. And it bent. And it actually bent so they could bend it in the shield and then snip in and just take the people out because it doesn't shatter. And you'll see some of the fights that me and Tom have had when you... Take a picture of it. I'm blocking, and his sword has sort of gone around my sword, and it's almost hitting me in the head because it's almost bent round. So he's a sneaky little bugger, but me <laughs> Yeah.
4: In, in sword fighting, you generally want to try and parry with the flat of the blade so that the yeah. um, edge stays sharp. So a bit of flex will, yeah, it'll just stop it from breaking and snapping when it's hit with the sword.
0: What what I'm thinking right here is right. What I learned growing up is the quiet ones are always the most dangerous. Now, we've already seen Matthew's uh, hell hammer, it hell. Uh, it just looks so <laughs> menacing. Uh, what arsenal are you rocking when you turn to battle Matthew? Um,
2: normally I have a sword um, and a glaive, which is basically like a giant butter knife on a stick.
1: Yeah, I've seen that. I've uh, seen that before. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
2: yeah. So that was used as like a, a more noble's weapon. And um, so you went in with that it was a, a pole arm and a blade attached uh, so you could knock people off and um, stab horses, whatever's needed uh, but you would always carry a sword with you as well or a warhammer as well um you would have a like an array of things really. Um, you'll find a lot of people like 15th century with warhammers um even on well it's a sign of wealth gentry, that sort of thing as well. I can uh, stab
0: you from a distance. Ah, yeah, yeah,
2: pretty much. <laughs> so it's just like bigger version of that. So it would yeah. be like out here, sort of thing, with the point out here, but on a six-foot um, piece of wood, so you can swing it to yeah. people and got a spike at either end.
0: Okay. Um, for, before we go on to the battle shoes, because I do want to cover that with you, uh, Matthew uh, Lee. I want to talk about um, the 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 flags you got behind you and the reasons why they're designed that way Uh, is this historically accurate or is it just something that you guys liked
3: so the the crow obviously is however there's different interpretations of the crow when we first started researching the corbets the the flag behind me was one that we sort of found first and we kind of went with that but later on we discovered well we didn't really they didn't really have that crow to be fair it was more more this one this is more the more realistic one which is what you'll see in tom shield as well however we have been having a bit of a joke and a laugh about the different types of crows for the group because we're finding that some look like pigeons we're finding that some look like ducks um because it was obviously it was whoever painted it back then um so we're off we are finding a good different range of crows that are out there i mean we have a running joke as well called night of the pigeon do you know what i mean it's Mm. they're all they're all going like but at the minute we had a bit of a vote to say you know what was the best crow that we like and we sort of came up with this one because it was historically correct which hopefully tom will go into in a minute to show you the the manuscripts that we found but you know the more that we've been doing it we've thought you know what i mean we actually quite like all of them because um, it shows because the Corbett's were so big and they were everywhere you know everywhere's going to have a different interpretation so it, it almost shows like the differences of the Corbett's sort of you know like around Europe and around around Schrock, well, well England if you like and of well the whole yeah
2: because like. uh, was Corbett's in Lincolnshire and also uh, Normandy and they had different ones as well but he also used a elephant with a castle on top of it uh, which is um, in stained glass window at St. Mary's and also uh, it's Morton Corbett. But it's reference to that from like 1100s and then it disappears and then comes back in like 1500s. Uh, it's very odd. And then also a scroll t- turns up as well. There's a jesting helm in the, um, the museum in Shrewsbury of well, normal size helmet, but it's got a scroll made out of wood on top of it. It's ridiculous
0: i'm trying to find a picture of the stained glass window at saint mary's only because uh for i mean tom bruno uh for you guys in america is this interesting to you guys because i like you guys have the civil war reenactments that you do but i think the civil war in america is closer to us than it is to the medieval times right if i'm so, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like,
1: historically speaking, you're like, yeah, 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 yeah it is. Mm, um so It's very, well, see, I love this. It's just, we don't have any of this over here. It, when people do medieval reenactments, it's usually at a medieval fair, which is like, they need to do all sorts of sh- weird shit. They'll have, like, dragons and stuff like that. It's like, that's not medieval. That's just, you know, like, what we represent medieval movies. But we don't have any real history like you guys do. So if anybody was to do, like, a medieval reenactment, we'd be like, bullshit. We didn't, but no zone knights in America, you fuck. But right. I love what you guys do. I love it.
2: There was medieval uh, sailors going over from England in
1: 1480 to America. Did but did they like have castles and shit? I don't think that. I no, think there's but,
2: um, there's a replica of the boat that's in Bristol.
1: Really? Yeah, yeah.
2: Uh, and it's called Ooh. the Matthew. So they've chosen a good name for it. Nice, but, uh, good, good name. Good name. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a full wooden replica of the boat that they used then. Because everyone goes on about, oh, it's like 1500s when America was found and stuff like that. And,
0: you
3: um, no, earlier. it goes back it's to a... Oak Island, doesn't it?
0: Yeah. <laughs> there Apparently, is a tribe in, I think it's either Brazil, South America somewhere, that um, mm. speaks a language similar to Welsh. And they believe that actually it was Wales that was uh, first to find South America before anyone else. That, that, wow. That, mm. I mean, that could be bullshit. That's yeah. what I heard once. You
1: know, I said that's <laughs> <"Well, laughs> <laughs> funny. <laughs> Some guy told him that outside a, a loo in the castle. He's like, Yeah, yeah, totally. Well, she's like, Really? I learned so
0: uh, I much, like, I was like, "Shh, shh, 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 shh back down." <laughs> oh my god! I hope you were shining oh. your shoes, really, Alex. Uh, my wife's in there, but shh, shh. Uh, no. So the, uh, the reason I am doing this is a good, is a very elaborate segue. So these are the stained glass windows in Saint Mary's. Okay, very beautiful Ooh. stained glass windows. It's one of the finest collections in Europe or in the world, I'd probably say. Uh, yeah. And these stained glass windows are uh, if you if you want to say are uh, the very first comic books uh, you know they, they tell a story yeah, and, all right. e-
1: uh,
0: and each window is uh, is sponsored by uh, a family or a unit or something like this and you <laughs> said uh, you said matthew that one of these windows was actually sponsored by the corbett's right
2: yeah so it's um it was in the west porch uh, it's only a tiny little window it's not only that sort of size they actually uh, funded the building of the porch but wanted their own mark on it and uh use the elephant and castle uh, i think robert who runs the place well manages the church uh, i think he said it was 12th century so it's um got a good age uh, um,
0: a I huge was- shout out sorry a huge shout out to robert milton
1: by the way who is the only reason we're doing this really today so thank you robert Hmm. what i take away from this is the church has the greatest scam of all time if anybody wants to sponsor the new windows that i need <laughs> in my house um i will write your name on it and cra- marker that r- yep. rubs away i can't have your name on my fucking well no no you're paying for the windows i'll put your name on it forever don't worry it's <laughs> not gonna be stained glass i'm thinking double pane. you know we got snow and stuff so it's gonna be really well insulated it's perfect i love it let's do it <laughs> well, well, there's, a,
2: there's a plaque in the church and it goes on about people that have donated money uh, and there was an um, so there's loads of different people. Like I uh, donated silver before they died and stuff like that. And I'm sure it was a tax thing. Uh, but one of the people was <laughs> um, what the hell was it? Robert Wetwang. Yeah, yeah.
1: Like that is an amazing name.
2: And donated
1: five quid. <laughs> Robert Robert Wetwang. What did he do? Oh, you know yeah. what he did. <laughs> you yeah. didn't have to ask what him. didn't he do? He slayed <laughs> many uh, females, is
0: what he did. Old <laughs> Wetwang. Um, now, the reason I segue into those windows as well, by the way, is uh, just to talk about the Battle of Shrewsbury, because obviously what, what Matthews uh, is it just you that's planning it, Matthew, or is it a group of you yeah, organising
2: so, this? Uh, this year it's myself and the Battlefield um, 1403 farm shop that's organising it. Robert's getting involved with like opening the church over the weekend as well. Um, it's basically come from an idea that I had um, quite a few years ago, and it's actually become a thing because I went to university at Harper Adams in Newport. And so I used to visit the Morton Corbett, which is why I got in, well, interested in the Corbett household. Um, and it was like, well, it's a major battle that nobody really does. Um, there is the, uh, the group, uh, uh, the Shrewsbury Levy, that uh, do things at the battlefield, like think they're there this weekend doing have-a-go things and things like that. And it's like, there needs to be a, a full-on event, because you've got like the Battle of Tewkesbury event or the Battle of Bosworth, where there can be up to like 1,500 people fighting um, on the, the good years. Um, and Shrewsbury's got so much history yes. and, it's, it, and its connections to all over the world, really. Uh, it needs to be celebrated. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so it's been a bit of a, well, it's more of a, a group effort. Yeah. A collaboration. Um, yeah, and so now I'm getting other people involved and things. And um, like over time, once it builds up more and more. Um, but like this year, I've got uh, 260 reenactors booked in so far. Um, some are coming down from Scotland, some are coming up from Devon. Um, and yeah, it's going to be a hell of a lot bigger than the last time we did it. So,
0: and can one of you have a stab? At, uh, pun intended, a, a stab at um, explaining very briefly the Battle of Shrewsbury, what happened. Uh, but just to show people, yeah. because we're going to be there, we're going to set up a table, the Shrewsbury Biscuits going to be there, and so is you, Suck. So we're going to try and take a, a double-pronged attack at trying to document what's going on here. But if we let people know exactly why the battle happened and what happened, briefly, yeah. if we can. So,
2: very briefly, it's basically a long, a long line of family problems took men. so it was the Percy household who um, based up in Northumberland um, and also well the king uh, in a way uh, so there was battles before there was various financial issues political issues um, there was people captured um, before at the Battle of Bolingbroke and um, Hamilton Hill and things weren't paid for and um, Hotspur wanted um, to take uh, ransoms for the people that he captured. Uh, the king disagreed. They kicked off at each other and started rebelling against the king. Uh, it, would, it could have been the start of civil war, basically. Um, wow. You had um, Owen Glendower um, in Wales. Uh, they were going around Welsh castles, kicking off around there, and they were supposed to like get involved. Um, but as leading up to the Battle of Shrewsbury, the king found out, uh, he got to Shrewsbury, closed the gates. The Welsh got stuck on one side, Hotspur was up on the other side, and then it all kicked off on the 21st of July. Um, they tried to, like, discuss stuff before uh, before the battle started. Um, they they sent an abbot out to try and discuss things, try and sort it, the and negotiate Different aspects of it, um, but yeah, the disagreed. It was about fourteen thousand people on each side, and um, over, well, up to three thousand archers as well that have been recruited coming through uh, well coming through Cheshire and things like that. So it was one hell of a big battle. It was one of the largest battles of longbows being used in Britain up to that date. So it's quite. Influential, um, so Hotspur, right? Like, well, Hotspur and the King both got arrows and faces and all that side of things as well. So, From what I,
0: what I hear, it was a very br- br- short but brutal, bloody war, right? Yeah, so
2: um, it was literally done in one evening because uh, it was on a on a Saturday, and being religious medieval uh, period. Uh, they wanted to get it done then. They couldn't afford, didn't have enough food and supplies to leave it until the Monday. And so they just went went for it. And they still so, haven't found a
3: pile of bodies, have they? They reckon most of yeah. the bodies have just never been found, like they don't know where they
2: are. <laughs> yeah. So um yeah, assuming you're where the church is on the battlefield, uh there was a body pit under there which was the like the rebel side. They've done digs around it, not found anything yet. Uh, but behind St. Mary's um, oh, can't remember what it's called The where the old hospital is the behind St. Mary's the, the yeah. so behind there going down to the river is supposed to be another pit and there's supposed to be about 400 people in there and it's not been dug yet
1: so, um, so yeah. some families out there having a picnic near the river and they're just yeah. on top of 400 bodies yeah.
2: there are picnic benches on a, the exact spot where it's supposed to be and um, in, like, um, Alex might have seen it, um, in St. Mary's, did you see the, um, the, the stone-carved effigy uh, down by the main windows of the night?
0: I probably have, because I did yeah, you a, probably an audio past tour. Past yeah, you.
2: so in that chapel was, um, they think they found the Earl of Worcester without his head, because wow. he executed people outside the church. So um, wow. outside W. H. Smith's, uh, there's a cross, and that's where they assumedly did them. Um, yeah.
0: And this um, is the thing. This is the thing, the thing you don't understand about Shrewsbury as well, guys. That I live in America. Shrewsbury was a pretty fucking gruesome place at one point. <laughs> you know, uh, they didn't hang people at the prison. They would do it right in the middle of town. Uh, they haven't quite found. Uh where they used to hang people, but they got an idea of where it might have been. Mm. Uh and the what is now, I believe what is it? The white building by the library it used to be the jail. Um by by the library in Shrewsbury. The bottom um, market, no. Not the yeah. bottom market. There's a white but I've I've done a little bit of history. I'm working at the prison I'm trying to find out a little bit about yeah. the jail. Uh, mm. and it was meant to be one of the most grim places. Uh, you know in Mm. the town it was disgusting um and you know there's there's death and (laughs) everywhere you know and you know you've got places like wh smith and cex and you know all these amazing like high street stores and you don't really know the history of the place until you kind of look up a little bit and look at the Mm. architecture around you
3: well, it a local oh. McDonald's, wasn't it, when they tried to make the McDonald's and then they ended up digging and finding loads of dungeons and stuff. And they were like, oh, what are we going to do with this? We can't take <laughs> it down. So it actually became part of McDonald's for a good well, <laughs> many years. <laughs> it was a dungeon that you'd go in, but it's unfortunately they've closed it now. McDonald's have moved on. So Yeah, uh, and
0: yes. this is one of the places where we've had Chris Shirk on the show before. Chris Shirk is... Yeah, we like Chris Shirk. Uh, He's a rooftop uh, or urban explorer from Shrewsbury, where you are not. Very famous blog around the world, actually. People love his blog, Blog, should I say. Um, And he was dying to get back in McDonald's. And I want to do another podcast with him. And I was like, let's get somewhere creepy. So uh, there's a shop there now. I think a designer shop that I kind of like, no... We're not up to people <laughs> digging around downstairs. But it was part of the, the, the McDonald's uh, in Shrewsbury was actually part of the town walls. So you are talking about 13th century architecture, you know, it's crazy. Wow. Right
1: next to where they keep all the frozen french fries. What a weird yeah. thing. It's just <laughs> that's our 13th century wall. And that right there is our double fryer.
0: Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. So. With you guys, with the reenactment group, obviously we want to try and encourage young people to get involved in what you're doing because I feel like I've, I mentioned to you, Lee, outside the St. Mary's, that it's very important for you guys to pass the torch, right? To keep this thing going right. for the next generation. Are you kind of encouraging young folks to come and, and, and join in with what you guys are doing, trying to teach them? Yeah, yeah definitely.
3: definitely. Yeah.
2: Sorry, Matt, you want to go? Yeah, it's all right. Yeah, um, so yeah, we're always trying to do like hands-on activities and things like that at the moment it's a bit difficult because of covid stuff um but say like the battle of shrewsbury um one planning to do over the next well the five-year plan is um to start doing like education days with schools and things like that where we can get people to go in in armor and do hands-on sessions so they can actually have a go at archery or see what the sword's like and things like that um, and talking to quite a few people about, and like robert at church's conservation trust Uh, To try and do things with him, Uh, but like at at events, like if you get some a kid that's enthusiastic, it's like reenactors will be like, "Well, here's all the stuff. Try it on. Do this. Give it a go." Um, Like there is the the safety points, but um, yeah, we always try and support like the future of
0: heritage and things like that. What what we could do actually is a way of inspiring people is we go around the room. Obviously, Matthew, you were saying that you were inspired by university and the, and the situation of your university, about the history. Go around the room and talk about what inspired you to get involved in this. Why do you do this? So we'll start off with Lee, because obviously, Matthew, well, Matthew if we want to double back to you, we can do. But Lee, <laughs> why the fuck do you do this, dude? Why? I,
3: I think I was always interested in, like, sword fighting and, like, martial arts type thing. You know, and, you know, most people... Sort of who I grew up with, they were all more like um, all into football. Everything was football, 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 football. Mm. And don't get me wrong, I like watching the local England game, but that's about it, where, I don't know, I just I really wanted to know how to for whatever reason i wanted to fight with a sword i can't tell you what it was but i just had to do it and then just found my local reenactment group that was doing it and it went from there and the more i did it and the more i got to enjoy the history and it just sort of just went on and on and on from there but that was my passion right at the beginning maybe it's because i watched he-man non-stop when i was about (laughs) four or five years old and it was just drummed into my head and thundercats i don't know but i just i had to fight i just wanted to learn how to fight with a sword and, and yeah katana and thing but no no it had to be i wanted to be a knight <laughs> and it just started from there yeah and, and it just it just carried on and luckily i had a, 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 um, a group in my local town that took me on and taught me the ways but it is true what you said about passing the torch on because there's other groups out there as well who are doing exactly the same as us but they're portraying the welsh so of course do you know what i mean they want to fight normans you know so we want to make a norman group or a late 15th century group just to fight and we want to train them and you know and and have that aspect as well and and just have a have a great time and have a battle because it's all about having a fight getting drunk and then having a fight the next day when you're hungover and then get drunk again. <laughs> 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 That's just what it's all about and just sat around the campfire and you meet some...
0: Mates. What do we do? We fight and drink mead. yeah.
3: <laughs> and just to bring up the Battle of Hastings, you know, every, every um, anniversary, it's a massive event and I've been in 2006 and I've been in 2016 where I'll never forget 2006 because it was 3,000 reenactors so it was 1,500 aside and... I'll never remember walking up that hill and seeing them all coming down, like, "Ah!" and I was just thinking, holy crap! You know, I was about 20 years old and they had 200 archers and they'd shoot them at you. Obviously, rubber tips on the end, but you just look up and they're all coming in and they'd have 200 on horses, and I was just like, yeah, I want to do this. But it was such a big event. You had people from Australia coming in to do the battle as well because it's such a big event. And like Matthew said, hopefully we're going to get the Battle of Shoes really the same as that, like capacity yeah. at one point. So that's what we want to do. So,
0: yeah. uh, and uh, and uh, by the way, uh, Tom's been muted because there's a bit of a, a technical noise. But uh, Tom, what was your influence into into this? He's trying to find the mute button now. I can do it for you if you like.
1: Braveheart. No <laughs> I'm sorry, I just want to speak for him one time or another, I want to answer for him. There we
0: go. Oh, we got you back. We got you back. So
4: it actively was not Braveheart. Um oh. no. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so when I was
4: like very, very young, um, the, the Lord of the Rings movies were just coming out and I was just blown away. I you know, everyone in my school wanted to be either like, you know, footballers and all of that nonsense i was like i want, I want to be Boromir. me <laughs> so yeah. um but yeah so that kind of sparked an interest in just anything medieval and swords and armor um and that kind of just lay a bit dormant um when i got into um historical movies which i i can't watch anymore because they're wrong but yeah things ashamed <laughs> as i am to admit it things like Braveheart, like kingdom of heaven that kind of thing just kept that like brought that back out of me that kind of oh i I like swords i like knights i want to learn more about it so um i saw one day my local castle uh whittington castle was doing a reenactment event so i thought oh i'll just pop around see what it's like um and it was a group of about 400 people um just norman knights and soldiers um and they had like ladders climbing the walls and siege weapons firing off and i just thought jesus christ this is amazing i want want to do this now so yeah i i joined up with um they had a group based at whittington castle so i just asked who runs that group i want to talk to them and i I joined turned up to the next training session and just yeah from there
0: amazing really really good (laughs) um uh, and, and, Matthew, let's talk about the Battle of Shrewsbury. i got a couple of pictures here I've pulled off your Facebook. Uh, there's this one here. Um, well, what, are we, what are we looking at here, Matthew? Tell okay, us.
2: so ignore the helmet on the left-hand guy. That's, um, <laughs> that's,
0: that's Richard.
2: Um, in fact, I'm on there as well, actually, on the right-hand side in the wrong helmet. But any, anyway, um, so this is the um, the Shrewsbury Levy in the middle. As you can see, it's it's got the, um, the three heads that are used around the town. Uh, same in that one um so it's yeah this was during the like the small like scrap we had um it was a weekend of where it pissed down all weekend um only quarter of the people turned up unfortunately um because they didn't want to get the tents wet and um but we still had a good fight so Um, uh, as you can see that's like The normal like everyday living history camp behind where you've got like the cooking rig and things like that. And you've got right hand side, you've got the normal everyday attire, and then you've got your typical like mercenary soldier on the left. So yeah. And then you've got the king versus um who is Hotspur. So but he's um he's Getting his armour a bit better now. Um, he's spent a small fortune. I don't know if his wife knows. Um, <laughs> so yeah, he's had everything made for it. So wow. yeah, there so to be the full character
0: that he is.
3: You never tell your wife how much the stuff costs. How it, much? Yeah.
0: How much does this stuff cost, Lee? I, I, I
3: can't say at the minute because she's in the other room. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> because um we spoke to a guy that does World War II battle reenactment on our old mm-hmm. show. And he was like, yeah, a, a replica
1: sort of Lee-Enfield rifle will cost you how much, Tom? Hundreds um, of dollars? Yeah, it's hundreds of dollars. And, but the thing is, though, like most, uh, the unfortunate part of you, of you guys doing your reenactments is finding actual items that were used during these times are mm-hmm. very, very, very expensive. And usually they're in museums. In the World War II reenactors, they can actually find a bunch of stuff that's still kicking mm-hmm. around from the World War II in you know, the 1940s. So they really pride themselves on finding objects that were Used or that were very very time specific from that time, Um, and they can spend you know thousands of dollars to make this. But you know, with your guys' stuff, like it's completely different because they're they're wearing outfits, right? They're wearing like a costume that might you know, or a a real outfit that might cost them one two hundred dollars. How much does a general suit of armor kind of maybe in the area cost?
2: All depends on the style, really. Um, Earlier, it's it's still not cheap because it's having the mail made and things like that. Uh, like a normal male shirt can be anything from well, you can get like ready made ones for what, two hundred and fifty pounds, something like that. Yeah, um, if you're looking at um, And that's a cheap one to be fair. Yeah, if you're yeah. looking at riveted
4: male, which is the historical stuff, um yeah, about two hundred and fifty for the Hauberk. Um, probably region of about a hundred for a coif. Um, and then you've got the legs which are gonna set you back out. And again, over 100. And then you've got to do all of the um, alterations yourself because nowhere sells it properly tailored and pro- the proper historical
2: ring. <laughs> for like later periods, like for a helmet, you're looking, well, to have one made, you're probably looking about five, 600 pounds. Mm. For a helmet? Get, yeah. Um, yes. gauntlet, like a pair of gauntlets is what? Well, how much... Be yours,
3: Lee. I was quite lucky, so my god. <laughs> <laughs> We're, um, I was gonna say 190.
1: That <laughs> you hear from the background, <laughs> what did you say, Lee? And you're like, nothing, nothing. Yours, well, yeah. I, I was, I
0: was, I was chatting to um, one of the ladies that was with the guys from the Coventry reenactment um, mm-hmm. society, and they're saying these leg bits here. Uh, the the legs cost about a thousand pounds. I was like, "You, yeah. no way, no fucking way! A thousand pounds for that?" Yeah. So he um
2: he goes to a guy called Uwe in Germany to have his armor made, and his stuff's amazing. And it, it is made how it was during the medieval period. Um, it makes a um,
3: difference as well, doesn't it? Because you can, yeah. can buy some right cheap knockoffs, mainly. And I don't I don't mean this to sound horrible, but mainly from India, they they make a lot of items. But for whatever reason. They make them like four times. They must think we're all giants over here or something. Mm. If somebody was to go over to India and say, look, mate, make them a bit smaller. They would sell out. They'd make, they'd make a lot of money but for whatever reason. They think we're, we've all got like, we're all eight friggin' foot. And we're all like, <laughs> four
0: mm. foot a, wide. Bit, a bit like Gimli of uh, game yeah, of Thrones. Is, yeah. Lord of Rings drops they literally well.
3: just need one person to go over to India and say, look, mate, make it a bit smaller and they'd, they'd make a fortune because they stuff's not bad it's just it's just yeah massive i say it's yeah. not bad a lot of it is still bad but a lot of it is good but huge
1: <laughs> after after looking at your guys outfits and i know it's completely out of you know but i was thinking about it because when you guys are showing me your sword i have a i have a katana it was machine made it's not very good but it's a cool thing right and I i got it because of walking dead and i was like oh snap you know all right you gotta have a sword if the zombies come but apparently you don't want that they want what you guys have chain mail armor big heavy swords meant for chopping dude essentially knights would do really well in the zombie apocalypse
4: yeah. I've I've always said there is there are not enough zombie apocalypse
0: set, <laughs> films set in the medieval period. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Christopher Nolan, if you're listening, this is what we need. Okay, well I'm they did say,
1: they did do um they did uh Army of Darkness, which was a zombie demon esque type of film, and that was in medieval times. That was pretty good, except there was a car in there, but you know whatever. In a chain, <laughs> <in> a chain, <laughs> so. There's a um
4: there's a TV show. It was on Netflix. I don't know if it's still is it's called Kingdom, which is set in medieval Korea which is is quite cool it's a zombie apocalypse in medieval korea katanas just
0: a lot a lot of people are talking about that i think there's been voted uh, as one I've of the best zombie tv series of all time over it's, the it's good it's yeah. good
3: because <laughs> i started watching that z nation and the first one i was oh, like ah, this is
1: pretty ew. good
3: and then it was just like, it got worse and worse every single one. And I've just stopped watching
0: it now. <laughs> I remember we spoke to, to Charlie Adlard and we were like, ah, so uh, you designed the comic books. Uh, how do you watch the TV series? He's like, no. <laughs> no. no, no. <laughs> well, it's hilarious. Um, Matthew, uh, can people from around the world get get involved with what you're doing? Is there a way that people can get in touch with what you're doing, read about what you're doing, see what you're doing, um, yes. and possibly feel like they're part of the crew? You know.
2: Yeah. So, um, well, we're on Facebook and things like that. Um, so, over the next well, next few weeks, I'll be putting more and more like things on, um, almost like a timeline, leaning up to the event of what actually happened on those days, um, and then we'll be doing. Like live streams uh, with yourselves as well. We'll be doing bits and pieces, um, and then hopefully other media aspects will be coming along as well. Um, and yeah, it's amazing. It's one of those ones where
0: it's as it grows, it's more things are going to be available.
1: Yeah. Um, can,
0: can we order some good weather, please? Because I don't have a marquee. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I can do the rain. In yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, i've got i can do the rain but my equipment
1: can't so let's just um <laughs> trash yeah. bags are cheap alex don't worry about it be... <laughs>
3: <laughs> you wouldn't want to go today would you the, the rain's finally arrived today isn't it? mm. immense,
0: oh right? yeah i just went out Stare odds, mate it was absolute <laughs> stare odds out there um and what, what when is this taking place anybody that's listening that's local to shropshire uh when is the battle of shoes yeah so it's the
2: 24th 25th of july um, so it's going to be on that weekend every year cause it's the anniversary week of the battle, uh, which happened on the 21st. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, 10 till four each day. So we're going to be doing, um, fingers crossed with, um, COVID aspects and things. We're going to be doing two battles a day. Uh, we're going to be doing the battle of Homerton Hill, um, in the morning. And then in the afternoon, we're going to be doing the battle of Duke spring and um, battle of shrewsbury rather not chooksbury somebody didn't mention about a beer tent version of chooksbury that's what i've got in yeah. my mind yeah. um yeah and there's going to be um like horse demonstrations um archery demonstrations and things like that throughout the day and also like living history historic market things up like. so all sorts
0: we're going to be there on the 24th i think on the 25th we've got other plans but um yeah. we're going to be there all day uh, we have um I think hopefully we 've got t s coming up from Cardiff we' a bucket off we 've got biscuiteers walking around as well, um so uh, we are going to get this out before uh, the 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 event uh so if anybody wants to come say hello please feel free um but um, yeah, you guys are just amazing, I think what you do is very important you know you 've got kids out there that are struggling to understand what happened in World War two uh they 've learned a little bit like Tom said in, in school, maybe a term. About the medieval Britain. I mean, I, I learned a story about Shrewsbury actually. About, um is it uh, King Charles was coming to to Shrewsbury and the mayor, I think it was the mayor at the time or the lord, was like, Ew, can come in out of my town over my belly, which means uh, if he kills me, sort of thing. And this guy was shitting himself. He saw his army coming towards Shrewsbury and I was like, for fuck's sake, what did I say that for? And when the army got there, he literally lay down and the, guy, the king stepped over him as a joke, and they went and had a few pints. Uh, I don't know how accurate that is. Uh, if you guys know, I do uh, um, I have heard similar things before. My, <laughs> my, my, my teacher was David Trumper.
1: Uh, uh, the... <laughs> so go take
0: it up with him. He's the one no, that's... No, 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 <laughs> uh, To people listening in Shrewsbury will know that David Trumper is one of the most famous... Historian historians in Shrewsbury and all the famous photog- pho- ph- photographs and history books based on Shrewsbury are written by my old teacher and in fact I was at um, Theatre Seven once and I went up to this guy because I thought he was my old teacher and I was like are you Mr. Trump?" and he went no
1: <laughs> and I was like
0: okay see you later guys it was really, really funny. Uh, but yeah um, so where can people find you you said you're on Facebook where can people find you Matthew yeah, um, so yeah, we're on
2: Facebook as the Battle of uh, Battle of Shrewsbury Medieval Weekend, um, and also the fourteen oh three Farm Shop uh, Facebook page as well. They're sharing things onto
0: that. And, so, and the 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 um, Corbett Household as well. Can people follow them. Yeah, so it's
3: just at the Corbett Household um, on Facebook. But if you just put the Corbett Household into Facebook, you'll find us. Um, you'll find us straight away. You can see. There's the uh, the stone of a of a crow that looks like a pigeon, but it's not. I promise it's a crow. That's us. Or, 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 a,
0: or a chicken, as Tom said. He's like, that looks like a chicken. Uh, <laughs> no chicken yeah,
3: the look at that one. <laughs>
0: you know, Didn't you say, oh, well, you painted it, Tom. You, yeah, you, I did, like... <laughs> yeah. He did
3: paint it, that's right. He just wanted to make his look better, that's all. Because look at his behind him looking really cool. Yeah. But... <laughs> I can't have you looking as good as me I think he said some like that so he
0: quite yeah. right, right.
3: <laughs> but yeah um, again it's just thank you so much for having us as well it's been mm. good. Yeah.
0: No, no, no. I, I love what you guys do. And like I said, I'm very invested in this because I think it's really important. And it's really fucking cool. I just sent the picture. I've sent some pictures of you holding up your sword, Lee, and this this oh, conversation brilliant. happening to the USUC guys. And the first thing I saw was Jamie Westford from YouSuck Chronicles going, that's so fucking cool. That's so cool. Because <laughs> it is. It is wicked. Um, and I hope you guys have a great day on, on the Battle of Shrewsbury. Um, I'll be there, of course, so um, we'll get plenty of interviews. We're hoping to get, like, a three- or four-part podcast, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Plenty of interviews, plenty of things going on, some vlogs. Maybe you guys can teach me how to swing a sword. I don't think you'll have chain me a lot of fit over my, my mm-hmm. gut, but... um I'm <laughs>
3: just but well, we yeah, say, hopefully, you, uh... by the Battle of Shrewsbury as well, that we're going to have all of our live remakes. We've got um, a lady in our group called Sarah Firstfield, and she's a, a great uh, scene sh- just historian. Is that the right title, Tom? Yeah, you know, yeah, it? Um, yeah she's, she's one of the published best author the, on the matter and stuff. You know, she's one of the best in the country, if not the world, and she is making our Corbett coats and Bends, which is a for the late period, which is a fabric that will go across the breastplate with a crow on it, and we just cannot wait to get it. Hopefully, we're going to have it done by then. But if it's not going to be done then, certainly next year we're all going to be red up and vamped up. And hopefully, you, you, if you it. guys
0: sort me out a patch or something like that with yeah. with the Corbett arms on, I'll wear it with pride. And when yeah. people ask me, I'll be like, "That's what this is, bitch. This is the Corbett. Yeah. i like, we'll like, yeah. <laughs>
1: so I say you just wear a bathrobe and say you're a Jedi Knight and. Like, what you up, nice?
0: Shall not
1: pass. So wrong with it. Wrong with uh, it.
3: Get all the livery made as well. And we're going to take a trip to um, Morton Corbett and also the remains of Corr's Castle to get some photos done as well, just to bring it back because it's important that. It needs to look this is where we, we're still here so it's almost like we want to take the flag back to its back to its home because i wonder when the last time the corbett flag was actually flying in their ground so that's my dream to get it there and put it back nice. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> so that's like what that. we want to do and to get the bloody flag at the battle of hastings that's that's my other dream to try and get us there which hopefully we're going to be there next year if it's on <laughs>
0: Uh, and is there a, a... Sorry, I know I'm droning on Tom. Sorry, like, fucking hell, it has been going for a long time, Whiteley fuck you know. Um, no, <laughs> uh, but is there a, a national page or somewhere people can go to get involved with other battle reenactments and learn? Like, I'm, I am may... Uh, <laughs> you stumped them. It depends what? on
2: which part of medieval. Yeah. It's like, um, so, like, the War of the Roses period... So, um, like, Bosworth, Green, things like that. You've got the War of the Roses Federation, and they've got a website with all the groups on and things. Um, earlier um, is individual groups. A lot do, cl- like, collaborate together and share each other's things. Uh, most are on Facebook. Yeah. Um, most of their websites aren't really up to date, so Facebook's the best way to get them. Uh, but, yeah, or just go to a local event and just get chatting to people. Uh, and yeah, you'll find that yeah. far more that that way, um, by visiting them, seeing them, having a random chat. Yeah.
0: And going that's that why. Way. That's what I found about you guys last week. Is when I'm speaking to you guys, uh, very approachable people, and they will talk to you. So please, if you do that, make sure you use your use your words, people. Use your words. Yeah, we um, need more
3: men women uh. <laughs> we people we need more people that's
0: what i should have said well so you may have my sword uh, uh my yeah but um okay but guys what we need to do is we need to break the fourth wall a bit and we need to tell our listeners about something that we're doing in september um because we have a very well actually when's this going out yeah um, we have a 24 hour live podcast event that we're doing in September. Uh, I'm going to show you this artwork but it's not going to be correct because we are being branded and logoed by Reach Media in Shrewsbury but we do have this 24-hour podcast challenge that we're going to be doing from 9am on the 29th of September till 9am on the 30th of September. We're going to go live on YouTube or Facebook if we can get that to work and we're not going to stop. Uh, we're gonna have twelve hours of the shoes with biscuit and twelve hours of yusuk. Our 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 guest spots are filling up fucking quick. Uh, so if you want to get involved with that, make sure you go to our website. Um, uh, Tom will tell us about our website in a second. But well, we're doing this event to raise money for Lingan Davis, and the idea of this is is we're going to be doing this bigger and better next year, and we're going to challenge people to do better than what we're doing. If you've got a podcast, if you've got a game stream, if you've got a battle reenactment or or an OnlyFans service, I don't give a fuck, right? If you're doing something out there, go and affect your local community in a positive way and raise some money for a local charity because that's what we're doing, and that's cool as fuck, kids, and we're cool. Uh, And so if you want to get involved with us, Uh, Make sure you visit our website, Tom.
1: Um, uh, first of all that was the most uncool thing anybody's ever said ever is to claim Fuck that off. they're cool <laughs> so you are not <laughs> but hey guess what guys we have a website alright it is yousucknetwork.com that is where we are that is where you can find all things that are YouSuck. Um, you can find all of our fantastic shows which would be this show what's the difference with Alan Tom you can find the Suck chronicles with Jamie Westwood and Tom Stevens you can find Wednesday Night Live which happens every Wednesday night and it's just a group of us kind of sitting. Down bullshitting. Um, there's a couple soon to be coming shows that will be later on announced. Uh, yelling at clouds with uh, Mr. Alex Whitesley and Mr. Eric Fluger. Um, some might remember from Hollywood Babylon fame. And that's always a good time. Um, and by the way, guys, if you are listening to this, there's only a short amount of time left before we have our hot wing trivia challenge, which comes up July 3rd. It's the Battle of Independence 2. This time, it's hotter. Um. So, (laughs) thanks. Um. So it's gonna be us, U.S. versus U.K. in a battle of trivia questions about U.S. and U.K. And we're gonna see who is the dominating force and who can handle the heat when it comes to the tough questions asked by our celebrity guest host, Mr. Mark Summers. And it's gonna be a good time. So if you, uh, if you like hot wings, if you like trivia, if you like the U.S., if you like the U.K., how can you not like any of those things? Those things are excellent. Um. Oh, that's a fucking dope ass logo, right? There, um, I'm gonna guess made by our good friend Mr. Alex Wisley. No, 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 no. That
0: was made, that was made by
1: Ori actually. Ori oh Ori, shit, Ore. I'm so sorry, Ore. Uh, this was made by Ore, who is much better at this than Alex, apparently, and I'm gonna give all him all the credit for it. Um, I'm just joking, just k JK, JK Rowling. Anyways, <laughs> so these things are coming up and they are amazing and they are fun, and all of them are possible because we had a website made by the good people over Weborch.com hey, guys, do you have a website? Um, You really need one because the fact is that social media doesn't really pump out your message hard enough. Um, It does well. like You can Facebook and stuff and you can Instagram, but really just tell people that you're serious about what you're doing. You need a website. You need a home for where people can go and check out whatever it is you might be doing, whether it's your cat pictures, it's your OnlyFans, whether you're selling things on Etsy, you need a website to be able to showcase your wares. So, um, you know, a lot of people will say, hey, Tom, can't you just go on to so-and-so website and make one yourself that's stupid don't do that because it's going to look like shit everybody's using the same template the same bullshit it's not going to look individual and that's what you are as an individual so if you want a website tailored to you reach out to the good people at webwatch.com and you know tell them that we sent you because that helps out
0: well done well done that was (laughs) awesome (laughs) 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 Uh, have you guys got any closing notes before we get that out of here uh, Matthew have you got anything to say
1: do you need a website (laughs)
0: <laughs>
1: uh. we do
0: actually oh, yeah. <laughs> wow. make sure you get a web orchard they're, ah. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're local as well they're in um they're in town just by the train station so yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Bottom, bottom bottom of bottom of Coton Hill you know you know yeah
1: yeah so um, yeah but, um,
2: just yeah thank you to you guys for letting uh, let us come on and um yeah, and to the listeners, and basically, like, go to your nearest historical place or event and enjoy it. Go and learn something
0: new, whatever it I, is. To, to add on to that, go to your museum. If you've never been to your local yeah. museum, fucking go and learn about your local yeah. history. Yeah. Uh, I um, don't any, want to go you... to an event again where I'm going to have kids telling me how to get YouTube up
2: on a <laughs> typewriter. <party. laughs> so, um, uh. yeah. Or is that fire real? Is it going to burn me? Or is that a real baby?
0: (laughs) So So if I turn up to the battle dressed up as a stormtrooper, you're going to blow your fucking mind. What the fuck? (laughs) 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 Shoot an arrow into that Welch man. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Yeah,
2: we'll We'll get you fighting at some point.
0: Yes, that's what I want. Me, and, me versus TS. He's Scottish. So uh, that'll be interesting. Uh, okay, uh, Lee, have you got anything to add before we get out of here?
3: No, just that uh, obviously we're on Facebook. Come see us. Uh, any money that we do make from our shows all goes straight back into the group so we can keep it going. Um, none of us take a profit from it. It's all any money that we do end up getting from doing historical events goes straight into the back into the group um, to make sure we get the proper kit and we look the part. So that's... Uh, yeah that's what I'd mention that but thank you again though so much for having us on here really enjoyed it thank you and letting us share our story
0: that's awesome uh Tom you've been muted there for a bit have you got anything to add before we get out of here um just
4: make sure you look for uh, Lee Jones on OnlyFans he'll be there in his <laughs> game game. Yeah. that's how he
1: pays uh, for his armor Give, give us worry. money. No. that's he, not my real name wife <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah.
4: thank you
0: thank you guys it's been really fun yeah. This has been amazing. And thank you so much, to you guys, for listening. Thank you to our guests, amazing guests, especially for dressing up in chain mail to come on our show. It's been awesome yeah, speaking to go. you guys.
1: <laughs> Very nice. Now take uh, it off slowly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Ba-ba-da-ba-ba>.
0: <laughs> this has been What's the Difference podcast. I've been Alex Whiteley.
1: And I am Tom Bruno.
0: And we will catch you guys next time. Peace out. When it comes to culture either side of the Atlantic, no one does it better. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you You Sucks What's the Difference podcast with Alex Whiteley and Tom Bruno.